This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Rupier, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, that's the last time you'll hear that billboard for a while. It's the final Hot Stove Show of the year, which means that baseball at long last is finally here. The season officially has begun with the games in Japan between Seattle and Oakland with the Twins. Chris, in 2019, tomorrow right here at Target Field. Welcome to the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. We're uh, joined in studio today by Derek Falvey, the CBO for the Minnesota Twins, a man who has helped craft the roster that will take to the lines tomorrow. And that roster will be headed by this man, Rocco Baldelli. There's been a lot of people that have put a lot of time and effort and work into to preparing to get to this point. The fact that I can sit here and say, you know, not just speaking for myself, I can speak for everyone in that coach's room and, and all of the other staff that, that have gotten us here. People are pleased and smiling and ready to go. Excited for the season to start for a lot of different reasons, but for the fact that we feel like we're prepared and, and, and ready for it and we know because we know our players are. There you have it. Some words of wisdom from Rocco Baldelli in advance of his managerial debut. And now, Derek, you uh, picked Rocco Baldelli to lead these troops. You've watched the evolution of him as a as a manager in training, as it were, throughout the course of spring training. Is tomorrow a time where finally you, Thad, just sit back and watch as opposed to hovering and and, and and mixing and, and kind of getting into the into the mix of it. There there is that day on opening day where you do try and uh, you know, the fan in you comes out a little bit, you know, in terms of really just enjoying the start of another season. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to watching Rocco go through his first experience as manager. I mean, he had a, such a great spring, uh, such a good development of 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 the relationships on the staff, you know, building some uh, connections with our players. That I think now he's excited to put it all into practice. Now, when you talk about the spring, to me, the the biggest takeaway is very low on drama and I think for anybody who's been around this game for very long forgetting wins and losses health was number one and low drama would probably be a very close 1a right yeah no question I, health is first I think you know you hope that you get through the games you get guys ready for the regular season but you keep them healthy that that's the primary focus and for the most part I would say we did that there were some you know dings here and there uh, but I, I think that we're in a pretty good spot going into the season from a health standpoint the low drama is real. I, I think that you know you just want to focus on continuing to get better every day and, and build the type of uh, connection and cohesion in that clubhouse that you can. I think we saw a lot of that through the course of our camp. You stole my word, cohesion there, and, and I agree that it permeates the entirety of the clubhouse, and I feel you can almost, it was palpable even back as far as Twins Fest, but in particular with this staff. Now, we've spoken with several members of the coaching staff on this program over the course of the winter every week, and to a man, they've all said, hey, we didn't all know each other even, but 
it feels as if this group has been together a lot longer than two months. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. And it felt that way all through spring training. I think w- one of the fun things every morning going down into the coach's room when they're having breakfast and you know, days kicking off, you see the pitching guys talking to the infield guys. You see the catching group you know, talking a little bit more with the hitting group just to make sure that they're all aligned on plan for every day. I think that starts with Rocco and really uh, a, a huge credit to Derek Shelton because his his development of the schedule for spring training allowed for that time for people to be together and and really took uh, some ownership in that space. Derek Falvey is our guest. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's a big night, obviously, if you're tuning in live across our network here in the Upper Midwest. Great forecast. Tomorrow should have a full house as the Twins and the Tribe kick off 2019 here at Target Field. And uh, getting back to spring training and the fact that it is a process, it is a developmental process. And I know you, Thad, your entire front office, very hands-on after every drill, after every day. There's communication, there's talk. What are we doing? Where are we going? Did we accomplish what we wanted to accomplish? Um, Having a ringside seat for all of that, as you now sit here in Minnesota, is there anything that woke you up in the middle of the night saying, oh, we forgot that, or oh, man, we missed that? <laughs> I, nothing that woke me up in the middle of the night, but I'll always say that we're, we're never turning our brains off, so we get texts, whether it's late when we're going to bed or something the first thing in the morning uh, that we're sending back and forth to try and, to try and gather new ways to do things. I, I think the, one of the things that really came out of our spring training this year was a lot of player feedback. And, and a lot of good player feedback and a lot of player suggestions around adjustment. I think that's critical is to make sure that the conversation is going both directions. If I give you a small example, and we were very attentive to keeping our catchers uh, work very purposeful in terms of what they were doing from a catching standpoint and also get their hitting work in. Now, typically in, in spring trainings, your catchers will work, they'll work all day, then they'll hit at the end of the day. Well, they're gassed by then. So to get their hitting done early, really short spurts, and then go right into their catching work, Jason Castro and others have all said it was one of the best run sp- parts of their spring training. Yeah, we had Castro say exactly that on this program, and, and we liken back to the old Kurt Suzuki example of how he was the only guy left his first pro camp, uh, major league camp, and he had to have a pitching machine feed him balls, and the lights would go off, and that was it. And you're supposed to hit like that. And uh, that was a, a change, I think, that was that was certainly welcomed. I think people are getting to know Rocco through how he's interacted. You can't meet him for five minutes without really liking the guy. And I think I told somebody on one interview, you always feel when you're talking to him like you're the most important thing in his life at that moment, which is a gift uh, that not many people have. My favorite thing, though, maybe about Rocco Baldelli is that he uses three words that are all too rare in the world, especially baseball, he will say, I don't know. And I have to think that's something that drew you and Thad to him throughout the, even the process of picking a manager. No no doubt about it. I think that yeah, when we were interviewing him and asking him some different questions, uh, he had some great answers and thoughtful answers around what he did feel about the manager's seat and, and doing that job and being a part of a baseball operation. But he also said those words you know, quite frequently. I don't know the answer to that, but you know what I would do? I would lean on this person and that coach and, and utilize resources. If anyone thinks that managing a game these days in baseball is about one guy making all decisions and not leaning on the resources around you, that's just not the way it works. You've got to tap into your coaches. You've got to tap into your strength folks. You've got to talk to your medical personnel and, and some of your other people that are around that really understand how everything works within a, a player's own uh, plan. So I think what Rocco brings to the table is a, a, an authenticity that I think you just described, but also just a genuine humility in, in the way he goes about it. And I think players respect that. I think coaches respect that. I know I do. Wes Johnson's a guy who is kind of a breakout star of spring training. He was the, the topic of conversation for folks like yourselves who have 
been living in this pitching world underground for a long, long time. No surprise, right? I don't think he was any right. different right. this spring than he's been for about a decade now. Now, though, when you get into the daily rigors of a major league season where you do have games every day, is it just about finding a rhythm between processing the information at a different speed? Is that the biggest challenge? Yeah, you know, every challenge is new anytime you do something for the first time, and, and so you have to learn through it. But I would say that for a major league pitching coach, maybe the most difficult time of the year is spring training. <laughs> you know, All you've those got, bodies? Yeah, you've got 31, 32 pitchers trying to figure out how you're going to build them up and get them ready for the season, keep them healthy, keep everyone on track. Then you get a rain out and everything goes sideways on you. I think Wes navigated spring training about as well as anyone I've ever seen. And much like Rocco, uh, he was willing to say, hey, I don't know the answer to that. So good example of how we've utilized that. Bob McClure, he's been a longtime Major League pitching coach. He's now a senior advisor in our space. He's got 20-plus years as a Major League coach. Uh, he's been a Major League pitcher and otherwise. There wasn't a day Wes wasn't talking to Bob or communicating with him, asking him his thoughts, questions, and they teamed up and partnered on all kinds of ideas around plans. So we have a very unique schedule as we kick off the season with five off days in the first 15 days, which we're the only team with that. So he's talked to Bob McClure about how do you keep pitchers on schedule through that time, just having never gone through that himself. So he's somebody who I think was a real bright spot for us. As you're going through spring training, you're watching that, you're observing little things on a day-to-day -day basis. Are you a notebook guy? Like, are you keeping notes constantly? Like, hey, you know what? Moving forward, I like that. Let's do more of it. I didn't like that. Let's change how we do that. Maybe change when we do that. Yeah, definitely. So every day, I, I do like to write notes and, and take, jot some things down. Helps now when you have uh, iPhones and things like that so you can keep them <laughs> at a running log uh, from time to time so they don't just disappear on you. But I, I, every day, Rocco and I would meet in the morning. We'd talk about the day, talk about the next couple of days, and get feedback, go back and forth, and then talk to other coaches. So we got to the end of spring training. We got feedback on where we were, you know, what went well, what didn't go well. We'll continue to get that from the players as we go forward. Because we're just trying to get better every day. You know, some days we're going to do it well. Some days we're not going to do it well. But what we are going to commit to is always trying to get better every day. Will that schedule stay the same during the regular season? Will you guys have a similar type of uh, interaction and, and a schedule like that? Yeah, and I, I would say yes. That's pretty common. Uh, I will tell you, you know, in playing Cleveland and, and seeing Terry Francona briefly um, you know, today, you know, it it wasn't that different for him. And, and he thinks that, and he's been a long-time manager, and he likes that communication. He likes that engagement. I think Rocco's the same way. He saw that in Kevin Cash in, in Tampa. He saw those experiences with Joe Madden when he was playing for him. So I think he knows that communication is key. It is in any walk of life, but I think in this particular world where you know, there's so much intensity every night around the game, you got to make sure you communicate the plans every day. We are communicating with Derek Falvey, Chief Baseball Officer of the Minnesota Twins, in advance of opening day. Whether you're joining us live across our network, maybe it's already been opening day and you've got your puffy vest on and you're podcasting us wherever you pick up your Twins broadcast, or perhaps you're watching us uh, on Facebook Live. Either way, glad to have you here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. We've got more from Derek coming up about some rule changes, about some specific players but first our, our final uh what's brewing winner of the hot stove season andy pants that seems like a perfect name to to finish off our uh, our contest with uh the contest is brought to you by killer root beer our question last week that Corey and danny posed uh was of all the new rule changes which one do you think will have the biggest impact andy tweets truncated innings breaks could eventually lead to advertisements on team jerseys similar to mls or nba ads were already on m's and a's jersey for the season opener in Japan, what seems like a minor change could change the look of the game. Andy Pants is going to get a case of Kilber Root Beer, uh, change the look of his uh, table and his uh, refrigerator here for his efforts in our What's Brewing competition. Take a break. Come back more with Derek Falvey on the eve of the 2019 campaign next 
It's the Twins Hot Stove Show on your home for Twins Baseball. everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food. We're helping to stop food waste. Save the food. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. This Saturday, Derek Falvey back live on our network headquarters here at Target Field. Quiet now will not be quiet tomorrow as the Twins entertain Cleveland to kick off the 2019 season. We went to break with our, our What's Brewing contest winner, and there's been a lot of talk about rule changes, Derek, and I know obviously you're you're kind of in the middle there, uh, involved in conversations probably on both sides, hearing it from the clubhouse and your team, hearing it from ownership and the league side as well. Uh, I know one that will really impact you is going to be the one trade deadline. Uh, your thoughts on that and some of the other ideas that are floating around. I, th- I think a lot of these changes are reflective of what we hear from fans, what we hear from, as you said, both players and ownership around things that we can do to in- continue to improve the game. I think the one trade deadline is is a real benefit, uh, even for those of us who work inside the game. And trying to explain two trade deadlines <laughs> to somebody uh, was always a bit of a challenge. And I think it, it really now cleans up the, the decisions you have to make at the end of July and knowing that once you build your team, hopefully for a playoff run, that's the group you're more or less going to have outside of what you have internally in the minor leagues. So I would say that that's a clean change for us, and I'm, I think it certainly reflects uh, what the what the game wants around make one clear time where you're going to make decisions on your team and make the push. Yeah, your phrase always deadline driven. So exactly uh, we will right. Definitely be deadline driven, uh, and, and some of the kind of the cloak and dagger stuff now and the smoke screens and all of that will uh, will no longer. Alex Rios is probably bummed, right? He's laughing somewhere. <laughs> he, he well, it definitely changed that dynamic. You know, there were a few players that have gone through trade waivers, whether it's Justin Verlander yeah. most recently, but I, th- I do think it'll help us in the long run. All right. That's uh, Derek Falvey weighing in on some of the rule changes. Let's circle back now to the roster because, as we discussed a little bit before, so much energy goes into talking about the 25-man roster. And it's a great accomplishment. A guy like Ryan Harper, uh, you just feel so good about a story like that. 
but for you as someone who is charged with constructing a winning team, are you looking at a pool of 40 guys right now, even though there's only 25 here in Minnesota? Are you looking at 45? Because it takes a whole lot more than 25 guys to win. Definitely. I, I fully appreciate and can respect the attention paid to opening day. You know, for players, for fans, for staff, it's a great start. Believe me, I feel it myself. But I would tell you that uh, after opening day happens, you know, you go through a week of a season, maybe you have an injury, something else happens, and now you're on 26, 27, and 28 relative to what you thought were your 25. So we always need to be prepared for the depth in those spaces. And I would say it's not – we don't target maybe a number of 40 or 45. What we look at is if we have something go wrong, usually via injury or something happens early, where is our depth and what are areas – how would we go protect and fill that spot? And I feel like that's been a focus of our offseason. Season. That's the focus of our winter. That's a lot of the focus of spring training is trying to look at the players who you think could be depth options for you as you go forward. So uh, I, I, we definitely have a list that's much longer than 25 in our minds. And so often when people say, oh, boy, big decisions, those decisions get made for you, whether it's an injury, an injury, an Addison Reed situation, a Matt McGill, Gabriel Moya, uh, uh, Miguel Sano, and suddenly now, oh, okay, well, that, that changes our thinking a little bit. But eventually when you're dealing with guys who are out of options, eventually – you're going to come up against that, correct? No question. And and I think that that's – we always have to plan for that, guys, especially guys who are out, out of options who would need to be exposed to other players before they get off the team and go to the minor leagues. And guys that you like. Right. Guys that you don't want to expose. Certainly, certainly. And that's always – that's a good problem to have some ways because it means your roster is deep enough where you're making some difficult calls. But a, a good example of this now is Marwin Gonzalez. You know, when we signed him, um, there was some view that we were set from an opening day, everyday position player standpoint. But when you have a setback like Miguel had had and, and dealing with an injury now you plug in a player like Marwin at third and you know you feel like you've got an everyday player a good major league player playing that position and not feeling like you have to reach into your depth as much early on so we hope we have waves of talent continuing to come we hope our bench can step up but for us we always have to be thinking about that speaking of not having to reach for depth Jorge Polanco is he uh, green light ready to go so Jorge is he'll work out today uh, as if we've got our workout going and I would say that we'll know everything soon after we've been just been conservative and somewhat cautious and making sure that we have our protection lay- layered in, but I fully expect Jorge will be good. We all know that spring numbers are what they are, right? I mean, they, they don't – sometimes, sure, that's a sign of things to come. It's an evolution. It's a maturation. Sometimes it's uh, an apparition. Uh, how do you feel when you look at the type of spring Byron has? Do you even look at the numbers, or do you just look at the quality of the at-bats, the personal confidence that he's carrying himself with, as opposed to the actual results? It's definitely that, the, the, the latter, not the former. I mean, certainly we love to see guys perform. It feels good. It builds some confidence, and, and you look up at the scoreboard, and you see big numbers in your batting average and slugging and you know overall performance. But I think that you want to look at about oh, the way how a guy does it and who's he doing it against. So I think what Byron showed this spring – was there were times I remember Nathan Eovaldi was pitching one of the games, you know, fastball at 95 up in the zone that he got to and hit, you know, hit it out of the park. And it was a good swing, really solid swing. He looks healthy. He's moved well. You know, we had a little bit of a scare there during a rundown at one point in the game where we weren't sure what was going to happen there. But I, I would say that if he stays healthy, he's strong. He's physically in a good place. He's mentally in a good place. We know he's a key part of a successful Minnesota Twins team. We know he needs to be good for us to be that. So we've put all the resources around him to help him be there. And I'm excited about what he'll start to do with the start of the season how long does it take you to have a feel for a team coming out of the gates uh, opening day it's tough because there's so much extra stuff going on how long does it take till you can look around and say yeah this is going about the way we had hoped it would as we built it up over the course of months or 
yeah, we missed that. We maybe need to start tinkering. You know, when you talk to people who've been around this game a long time, you know, GMs of other clubs, and I, I certainly lean on guys like, you know, Brian Cashman or Dave Dombrowski or others that have been around. I ask them questions. I try and pick their brain, certainly my former bosses. I spend time asking different managers and thoughts about that. There's always been this view that, you know, you get to the 40 to 50 game mark and you start to really understand where your team is. And while I realize that's not as soon as maybe some would hope, it does give you a pretty good indication of how good your team's performing at that point because we can all see five days of good performance or five days of bad performance and get a little overreactive to that, especially on the scoreboard early when it changes your batting average goes from 330 to 700 with a couple of good days. So I think that that's meters. something, yeah, I think that's something that we all need to take into account. Baseball is a, a sport that uh, you have to be a little bit patient before you make too many judgments and assessments. So I think that that 30 to 40, you know, 50 game mark will give us a good idea. It's well established. There's no off season for a front office. I mean, the last game gets played and I go home to the dishes and some yard work and you get busier. Yes. Um, is if ever, this may be the easiest time for you, like coming out of spring training. You guys have spent the entirety of the last better part of six months focusing on building a roster, building an organizational roster, not just 25 men, and now maybe just, okay, for a week and a half, we're just going to watch them play. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think this is probably the best time for that. You know, you're, you're not quite prepping, uh, at least internally here, for draft and, and things that are coming in June. You're aware of it, but less so. Uh, player development hasn't even kicked off yet. You know, the minor leagues haven't started for another week. And your major league team is your major league team right now. You're hopeful, especially with the way we have with our off days, that you aren't going to need to make too many moves to go down to the minor leagues you, if you stay healthy. So uh, this is a time where you do just observe and try and take that into account. But I think what's different for us maybe than other years is we have a brand-new manager and a brand-new coaching staff. We want to be helpful to them and supportive. One of the front office's jobs and roles is to make sure you set up conditions for everyone to be successful. And you've got a brand-new staff you want to help to, to guide and usher moving forward. So we'll be around that pretty regularly. Regularly and, and hopefully help Rocco and his staff uh, in the early early stages. And he's right in against a division rival. Yeah, exactly. Not not easy. Uh, you're facing the division champs from you know last couple of years and uh, some pretty good pitchers coming out the shoot. I think we all know that. So uh, our guys are going to have to be ready to go from the right from Jump Street. Chief Baseball Officer uh, Derek Falvey there with a Jump Street reference there. You're a big Johnny Depp guy, right? Back in <laughs> yeah, the day. There you go. Yeah, he had cable. He had ca- <laughs> he had cable in Lynn, Massachusetts. We'll take a break. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killer Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. Three cuts with Derek Falvey when we return on their home for Twins Baseball. One in three adults in America have pre-diabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. Years 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mind. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. (laughs) 
Bet he can't say that in reverse. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Final segment of the Twins Hot Stove Show here in 2019. Baseball tomorrow, Twins and Tribe. We've got our pregame lineup card coming up at 2.33 o'clock or somewhere just thereafter. First pitch, all the pageantry, the bunting will be out, the flyovers, and all the fun that comes with an opening day. We've got some new amenities here at Target Field, a new manager and some new players at Target Field as well. And oh, by the way, Corey Kluber, Jose Barrios, I don't care what day of the year it is, that is a calendar day to buy a ticket. And we will have that matchup for you all across our network and in downtown Minneapolis tomorrow. Joined one final time by Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey of the Minnesota Twins. Our show, of course, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, and we appreciate them for what they've done all winter long. Three quick cuts for you. We did this early in the offseason, so we're going to revisit. I start with this one. It was your couple winters now, or springs under your belt in Fort Myers. This time a little different with your young daughter. So my question is, did you locate any hot spots in southwest Florida for a family with an infant that they're just looking to have a good time? <laughs> you know, I think uh, we certainly uh, met the early bird special mostly anytime we went out to dinner. That's <laughs> for sure. long lines there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little bit different than maybe it might be back home. But we, we got to some good restaurants in the area. That was about it. Now, you are focused, obviously, on baseball as well. You should be. But the Final Four is going to be here in a couple of weeks. How is your bracket standing up as we head into the Sweet 16? You know, I'm in a pretty good spot. And our uh, oh. Val Neal runs a media pool here. So I, I think I'm in fourth right now, fourth or fifth. And I don't know that I have a chance to win it, but I'm I'm in an okay spot. Uh, so who do you far. have? Uh, I have Duke winning it uh, certainly, but so I, you I think were my, holding your breath the other day. Yeah, definitely. I think my outlier pick is Houston in the Final Four. So we'll see if that, that ends up happening here. They've got a tough road. Are you old enough to remember the glorious Vice Jamma, or was that uh, all? Uh, I know VHS it certainly. I know it certainly. I'm not sure I got to see it uh, by, myself as much. All but. right, so you've got Houston in the Final Four yep. and Duke, and who are your other? Oh, uh, and I stayed with the number ones in the other slots too. Okay. So Virginia and uh, and Gonzaga. So. All chalk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for that Houston pick. How many of the analysts on the fourth floor did you pull <laughs> off of baseball and put onto that for your uh, bracket? I think they were doing their own work and uh, maybe yeah. not focusing as much on our baseball work during that week as most do with bracket time. So I didn't, I didn't utilize them, but I'm sure they utilized it themselves. You walk into the office and suddenly screensavers are going on like <laughs> right. all over the place on right. Thursday and Friday. All right, our final question is the same one I asked you before spring training started, and it's about spring training. And the length of spring training, which is constantly being debated, is it too short? Is it too long? Is it just right? Now, the political answer is, oh, it was just right this year because we're ready to go. Have your thoughts changed? You, you, you kind of hedged towards just right at the start uh, of spring training, but where do you feel? I, I honestly believed uh, probably earlier in my career that I felt it was a little too long, just you know, the realities of getting guys ready. What I've learned over time, and maybe even going back to just my experience last year, some guys who came in late into spring training, that it's hard to get caught up to go into a regular season if you're not part of your going through your normal routine. I think the key has been, and Rocco did such a good job this year, of being efficient with your work. I think sometimes we're on the field too long. You know, As an industry, we just spend too much time going through the mundane routine rather than focusing on 
individual skill development and, and skill acquisition. I think we did a better job of that spring this spring training. But I do think the the amount of time it takes for a pitcher to get ready is pretty significant. You know, to build up, especially That's a starting key, right? pitcher. That's the key. I think position players could use maybe a little bit less time and be fine rolling into the season. But pitchers in particular, I think, is what spring training is for, and uh, I, I do think it's probably just about right right now. All right. Well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Another spring training in the book, but we all know that that's just a, a, a prologue to what we're getting uh, ready for no tomorrow. Doubt. Any opening day traditions that you have, uh, superstitions that you have, or will your routine be just the same when you wake up tomorrow? Yeah, I'm not overly superstitious, I, but I, I do say that you know when you walk into the ballpark on opening day and you know that there's that excitement and fervor and more media attention and everything that's going on that morning, uh, I try and make sure that when I'm when when the first pitch goes off and everything started, I'm watching it and I'm focused on that, not letting anything else get in the way. Just kind of appreciate that I feel very lucky to be a part of this franchise and, and be working in this game. And those are moments that I don't think you should forget. Enjoy it. Thanks so much. That's appreciate Derek Fowley. The show is the Twins Hot Stove Show. Appreciate you riding out the long winter with us. And guess what? Baseball next. And we'll see you tomorrow across the network. 2.30 is our pregame lineup card. First pitch just after three. The first of 162 and then some here in 2019. For all the guests who join us throughout the course of the offseason, we say thank you. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey folks, somebody said there's more similarities between the killer and I than you might think. We both played first base during our careers, me more than him, and we both hit several home runs over the years, (laughs) he more than I. And we both love to drink his hometown root beer. Cheers, Harmon. Kilbury Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Pick up a six-pack or case at your neighborhood Lunds and Byerly's grocery store. Tell them Herbie sent you. Kilbury, it's how memories are created and legends are made. With its smart, sustainable water solutions, Pentair makes rain a home field advantage at Target Field. Pentair's rainwater recycle system, which is located under the outfield, captures and filters rainwater. The rainwater is reused to wash the lower-level stadium seats and more. And it's a hit, saving the twins nearly 2 million gallons of water each year. Visit Pentair.com twins to learn more about other sustainable water solutions. Pentair, the official sustainable water provider of the Minnesota Twins. Excuse me, Realtor? Hi, it's Karen. Oh, uh, Karen, uh, what's the house power here? The what? We use laptops, TVs, security systems, smart devices, and more all the time. We need major bandwidth. Ooh, you can get CenturyLink fiber internet here. You're set. Great. How? We're in ad right now. Just tap this screen to learn about speeds up to one gig. Service and speed may not be available in your area. Visit CenturyLink.com slash HousePower to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 